Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is show number 99, released on March 27th, 2013. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good friend Scotty V. Hey, Scott. Hello, everyone. Hello, Steve. What's happening? It's been a, an interesting month. There's been little bits and pieces happening, but um, not a not a massive storm of news, especially surrounding Man of Steel. People are getting a little bit edgy about just how much uh, publicity and marketing this film is getting. But uh, we'll we'll get into our discussion topics and see what has been happening. But what's your feelings on that? Well, you know, I keep I keep hearing that, and and people seem to be kind of freaking out. And I'm I mean, you sure I want to see as I want to see stuff too. But it, it kind of – I think it needs to be a slow burn. I think it needs to be mm. a, a bit of a build as opposed to uh, hit everything at once and then everyone already sees it. Plus, you want to keep building everyone's anticipation you know, right into the month of June. Yeah. There should still be brand new TV spots and such that we haven't seen at all uh, into June so that uh, – People are getting more and more excited, and 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 people don't, you know, you, you know, you can't put it all out there right off the bat, mm. and then six months later, everyone's forgotten about it. So That's right. it's we're two know. and a half months away from the release of the movie, so you know, I'm sure a month or so out is probably more than enough time to get all those TV spots, like you've been saying. I mean, usually the TV spots don't even start. Until the actual the movie is actually available, because they say showing now or you know screening now or whatever the you know the the those commercials end with, uh, there's not much use promoting the movie when it's not available yet, as far as TV spots are concerned. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, it's true. Absolutely. You know, the the stuff we've seen. So I mean, there aren't any TV spots yet, as far as I know. No. And and the stuff we've seen so far has mm-hmm. been specifically edited to be two trailers. Mm-hmm. And that's you know a uh, in a uh, an introduction trailer, and then an actual theatrical trailer. So I mean uh, I I don't really I don't really find that the marketing is behind no. myself. No. And I actually like what they've been doing with little surprises and little countdowns and little releases here mm-hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. Even if you've been somewhat disappointed with what the release ends up being when they finally get there, which some people were, I guess, by the little. A poster and such yeah. but uh you know the trailer came out early before it was supposed to it was all over the internet it's got a billion views you know not a billion but it has so many views yeah, well, uh, clearly much, people are excited i think it's equal to or near the views of uh the avengers which has already been out for you know uh, for ages so you know if the man of steel trailer is already up to very similar views to the avengers that bodes well yeah absolutely and uh, i think it's clear that that people are excited and you know, my memory, uh, I could sometimes not remember yesterday, so it's not um, its not the most reliable. But in my memory, uh, I don't feel like there was this much anticipation for Superman Returns. No, you're right. You're right. Now, there have been a lot of film uh, magazines writing about Man of Steel and having cover photos for Man of Steel. Total Film Magazine had one of Superman and Lois Lane on the cover, Henry Cavill and Amy Adams. And uh, that was received quite well. And the uh, Real Steel article within the magazine had a few new images that we hadn't seen before. And uh, they've been spread all around the internet so far. And uh, read the article myself. And uh, it's uh, quite a good read. 
It is. It's. Um, uh, I didn't read the article, but I'm. But I. Um, I'm very excited about the uh, the Amy Adams and, and uh, Superman photo. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it as my desktop wallpaper for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they look great. I mean, um, the colors are. You know, people have 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 been concerned over how the colors would be and the muted tones that seem to be in a lot of the advertising we have seen so far. Uh, but it looks to me, and I, and I've heard mentioned. Uh, I think Jeffrey Taylor has mentioned many times about color correction and. Uh, yeah. And that it's something that's regularly done on on movies because uh, the camera lens and the lighting and the weather outside doesn't always lend itself to what you want your film to look like. And therefore, uh, in post, when they're when they're uh, editing things together and when they're making the film look the way they actually want it to look, uh, they can actually do what they call color correction. And that's maybe what we're seeing now with these brighter uh, uniforms and such. Yeah. And uh, another magazine that came out was a German cinema magazine. And uh, the interesting thing about that one was that there was a spread, two-page spread of the cast members, uh, all in suits, mind you. Like, they're, you know, it's a, it's a photo shoot, not necessarily in their character costumes, but uh, in just suits and, you know, all made up. Uh, and it was like you got uh, Michael Shannon, you got Russell Crowe, you got Kevin Costner, and Amy Adams, uh, Henry Cavill... Diane Lane, uh, Anjay Trower, all of them there in the in the one photo. I think that was a, a great photo shoot. Uh, hopefully, we get to see that in an American, uh, UK, Australian magazine as well. Well, you know um, what I'm thinking about is I'm probably going to end up ordering all these magazines anyway. <laughs> so uh, if we don't see it in an American magazine, I'll I'll see it in these other releases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, you know uh, because uh, typically you get different photos, different angles, different looks, yeah. and a different write-up in each magazine. So um, it's not going to be the copied verbatim. So uh, the idea of having these, you know, a lot of people will call it crazy, which it probably is to some degree. <laughs> but there is something new to read generally, and there's yeah. some new information and, and some new interview type things. And so... So you can read um, German? You know, uh, well, you know, <laughs> what I'll do is I'll take it to... Uh, my friend, whose father is uh, still very German, even though he's been uh, here for 50 years. Uh, yeah. I talk to him. I feel like I'm talking to uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though Arnold's That's not German. It's, uh, he's got this heavy uh, accent, and I'm, I, I, I'm always, I always marvel at the idea that he's been here so long, and, and uh, it's still very, very prominent. And, uh, yeah. and he, uh, he knows how to speak it, and I would imagine he knows how to read it. So. Very good. Uh, uh, that's where I'll go, and I'll have him read the magazine to me. <laughs> Excellent. Get a good, good translation there for uh, for the, that magazine, and uh, it, you can buy it through the German Cinema Magazine website if you can work out what button to press, because it all is in German. Um, you can run Google Translator through uh, you know of a website to get the translation, rough translation from any language really to English, uh, so you can work out where you need to what you need to press and where you need to go. Now, we've also seen a lot of different merchandise coming out for Man of Steel, images of uh, upcoming releases. And one of the interesting ones was these uh, in-theatre concession items that you'll be able to buy from the candy bar or the the concession stand where you can get your popcorn and your ice cream and your drinks. And we've got these uh, buckets and cups and, uh, you know, cup toppers, uh, 3D image of Superman on these uh, things that you take into the cinema while you're watching the movie, and I think they they look great. Yeah, I don't. I, I just another thing I don't remember 
there being something like that for Superman Returns. Mm. I, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but um, you know, a lot of movies, uh, uh, the big blockbusters, Avengers, things like that, usually have some sort of a uh, concession stand tie-in, and uh, I think it's great that uh, Superman's getting that treatment, and then uh, it may, you know, uh, obviously the film's a success which we're all hoping it's going to be that's that's gonna i think that's going to play into people people being excited about it talking about it seeing it it's in everybody's face you know you don't pick those you know if you go to buy popcorn even if you're seeing another movie that's what they give you so uh Again, you know, we're talking about marketing before and what's out and what's not. This will be marketing for the movie probably a month before the movie actually comes out Mm -hmm. or uh, several weeks before it comes out. They'll start uh, selling concessions in these cups and in these bags. So, yeah, uh, that's another thing to look forward to. And I never buy concessions uh, because they're, you know, three hundred dollars for a kernel (laughs) of popcorn. (laughs) You're right. I'm You're... starting to save up now because uh, I'm going to try to buy – hopefully they have one that's like a, a one kernel bag and it has Superman on it because then I can probably afford that. Uh, but uh, I want to get the cup. I want to get the bag. You know, What are you going to do with it though? I mean it's going to be greasy. It's going to have popcorn in it. Yeah, uh, so maybe. I'm probably not going to save it. You know, But uh, maybe, maybe the cup's something. You know, I'll keep if you know it out. someone – if you know someone that works in a cinema, maybe you can get them just to put one aside for you that hasn't been used. Um, so that way you can have a pristine one uh, that you can take See, this is why this is why I talk to you, because <laughs> you have all the ideas. The idea, sir. man. Yes, that's it. <laughs> now, we're also seeing children's books. Uh, there's these Man of Steel children's books that tie into the film. Uh, we're uh, actually reaching out to the uh, guys who writ- written and uh, illustrated these books. We're hoping to be able to interview them. Um, and uh, they, these you know, books... Obviously, we'll have some kind of connection. There'll be a child uh, version of the story. Uh, so we don't know too many details about the uh, stories themselves at this point in time. But uh, the, uh, the books themselves will tie into the movie and will have a similar you know, feel to uh, the movie. Uh, John Sazaklis is the writer and uh, creator of these books. And uh, Jeremy Roberts is the artist and cover artist on some of the books as well. And uh, as is uh, Lucy Rosen on some of the other uh, books that they've collaborated for Harper Collins, uh, these Man of Steel tie-in books uh, will be uh, available in the in the coming months and weeks, and they look fantastic. The artwork is now currently making up the background of the Superman homepage. They look so good. Yeah, I mean, there it's it's you know what it's it's it reminded me of like a of comic book art. It's very. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little toony, but it's but it's very uh, it's very comic book like, and it's it's neat. You know, I, I try to think of my if I was Henry Cavill, or, or, or you know, if I was the guy, um, uh, you know, starring in this film, I would think it was so cool. You know, when I see these uh, guys on talk shows and they they bring out their action figure that's mm-hmm. made in their likeness, or they have you know these posters and these books and things that not only is it a picture of them. But now you've got drawings of them, you know, their likeness into the uh, and for years and years and even still today uh, to, to some to a certain extent, Christopher Reeve is often um, used as an inspiration for a lot of the comic book artists. And you see it a lot um, where when you're reading, you're kind of going, that's not really Superman. It's it's kind of Christopher Reeve playing mm-hmm. Superman and mm-hmm. a lot of people are happy with that and that's you know because that is their Superman and a lot of people are still on the fence as far as if they're ever going to be able to accept another um, but um, I'd like to see kind of a transition in, uh, in that direction but on the other hand you could just keep the comics separate and, and just have 
you know, artists draw their Superman the way they see him. But mm-hmm. I do, I do think it's really cool uh, that we're seeing all these likenesses of of the movie specifically, and and that is something that I do remember from Superman Returns, yeah. and I actually have some of them here. Um, books where uh, they had drawings of, of the characters from that movie on them. And of course, when you have things like uh, famous villains and, and things like that, um, it's expanded upon. There's things in these books uh, from Superman Returns that were not in the movie That's and didn't right. really have a, a part in the movie. So we're probably going to see some of that as well. Now, that that reminds me of another point. Um, the movie being rated PG-13, uh, a lot of people are kind of freaking out about that. And, and the first thing I wanted to say, and I think I've covered this in other places, but it is that if you look back over the last probably 10 years or more, there hasn't been a superhero-related movie that has not been rated PG-13. That's just kind of the new mm-hmm. standard these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess your rating system's different, but uh, in America, PG-13 can sometimes mean some strong language. It can sometimes mean violence. Was mean strong imagery, and there was uh, a sort of jokey mention that we're going to hear Lois uttering the F word and calling people <laughs> slut. And um, but uh, I don't really, I, I think that that's a bit of an exaggeration. I think if you if you look at the Avengers, that's probably as bad as it's going to get. I mean, there might be a couple of dams, hells, uh, and and in the rule book, you are allowed to utter one F word uh, in a PG 13 movie, which is odd. I've always thought it's kind of weird. You can put it somewhere, I don't really expect that they're going to have that in the Superman no. movie. Um, uh, but I guess legally they're allowed. And what I'm hearing from some people is that it is irresponsible to release books that uh, cater to children when you are advertising a movie that is rated PG-13, which is not for children. And uh, I I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on that. Well, I think PG-13 means that, uh, and and the M rating that will be equivalent here in Australia, means that children can see the movie, but they have to be accompanied with an adult. And so, I mean, you know, these books to tie into the movies that are children's version of the story uh, are relevant. There's no, there's no drama with, from my point of view. Um, you know, uh, if if you, you know, Superman Returns was rated PG-13, and you know there was a lot of there was violence and Superman got stabbed and there was some blood and and what have you, but there would I'd have no problem showing a a child, you know, taking a child, one of my nieces or nephews to see Superman Returns because I'd be there to explain things to them or to, you know, to, uh, to talk them through it. Uh, there, there wouldn't be anything that I would see that there would be a problem in there. Um, similar to movies that I saw as a kid, Goonies and Ghostbusters and, and, you know, those types of films had a lot of violence and scary moments and some swear words and um, no dramas. I grew up fine. Do you realize that uh, the Temple of Doom um, yeah. was getting an R rating? They were, wow. uh, they were they were unwilling to give it uh, the PG rating that that uh, Spielberg and the film crew wanted, mm-hmm. and they actually at that time created the PG thirteen level for that movie specifically. There you go. And so, that's because of obviously there's it's a little yeah, more dark. bloody and, and violent than the mm. first movie, but uh, oh, I think I agree. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you in terms of um, you know, I, and I think you know I had someone telling me we uh, we went to see Avengers and and my son he was uh, the very first scene he was afraid. Mm. Okay, well you know it's supposed to be scary. You mm. know that's the bad guy. He's putting his machinations uh, into effect, and he's the one that the Avengers. Are there to stop. So all the better when you see your heroes triumph. If you are a little bit nervous, 
um, when they're showing you the villain. So, yeah. and I think it would be odd. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I would rather see a Superman movie rated PG that I would be comfortable and happy showing my children uh, the movie and my son and my daughter, whatever. Um, but instead of me being embarrassed that that the the person I consider the greatest hero is is going to be in a movie that that uh, that I need to be worried about uh, being censored and, and not being able to show and. I think that may be a bit hasty in terms of, of jumping to conclusions because, uh, as I said, all the way back as far as X-Men, the, you know, uh, the movies are, are now rated PG-13. That's just kind of the way it goes now. And I think if we went back to PG, we'd get another situation where Man of Steel wouldn't be able to hold up in the in the modern-day uh, version of films that we're getting. Exactly. Now, some of those books that we're talking about titled Man of Steel, the Early Years Junior Novel, there's the Man of Steel, The Fate of Krypton. Uh, there's the Man of Steel, Superman Saves Smallville. Man of Steel, Friends and Foes. Uh, Man of Steel, Superman Superpowers. And there's a uh, Man of Steel reusable sticker book. So there's all different aspects of the film. You know, the Smallville, the Krypton, uh, and obviously the fo- the Friends and Foes aspect of the film, and Superman Superpowers. So lots of look, lots to look forward to for. Yeah, young children and I guess adults alike who uh, want to read these books and looking forward to when they're released. Um, I believe they'll be released in uh, April or May, early May. So uh, look for those. You can buy them now. At the, you can pre-order them through the Superman homepage online store. I think everyone should do that right now. We'll hold for a sec while you go ahead. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Talking about things that you want to get children involved with, uh, not sure if Carl's Jr. and uh, Hardy's restaurants are the type of foods that you would necessarily, as a parent, uh, be encouraging your kids to eat. Uh, I've eaten at both of them and uh, have enjoyed their food. Hardy's is the restaurant we hold our Superman homepage meet and greet in Metropolis each year at... uh, but, uh, Isn't that perfect that that's <laughs> where they're going to have kids' meals that are associated with the ha- with the Superman movie? It's going to be right there. Yeah. Everyone's going to be there. There's going to be stuff you can get. Yeah, that's right. The cool kids' combos will have Man of Steel toys uh, with those kids' meals yeah, at Carl's Jr. and Hardy's restaurants. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, hopefully it continues on while we're still there uh, at uh, in Metropolis. I would think that it would because uh, it kind of seems it would be unusual for them to take it away before the movie's kind of in its full stride. It's only a week later, right? Or is it? Well, it starts in April 24. Uh, The the, uh, Cool cool Kids combos begin for Man of Steel on April 24. So April... uh, Supplies last, I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, you'd be right uh, as long as supplies last. But... um, yeah, it's the month of uh, end of April, and I guess throughout the month of May you'll be able to get these. Uh, cool well, again, we combos. were talking about marketing, and that's something else. You know, people kind of have to look ahead, and and uh, the Superman homepage is great for that because uh, you know Steve finds out these things, and they get posted pretty much right away. And if you if you start to feel concerned, you know, if if you can't sleep at night, if if you're having trouble going to work in the morning because you just don't know about the marketing campaign for Man of Steel, head on over to the Superman homepage, and you will see. All of these things that are – you can see they're in line. They're setting up. They're ready. They've got things ready to roll out every week pretty much You know, yeah. as we get closer and closer to the movie. So this is just a, another thing and, and I guess it won't be around uh, probably uh, if, if, if it's coming uh, at the end of April. Um, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky. But probably all the people that are at the celebration that would have wanted those will have them by then anyway. Yeah. Sure. I don't think we have a Hardee's. 
uh, or Carl's Jr. anywhere around me, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll endeavor to do my best to get some of those items. Yeah. Now, you don't have to buy the Cool Kids Combo meal to get the toy. You can, uh, for a dollar or two dollars, uh, purchase the, the toy themselves without buying the food. So if, uh, if you're healthy conscious uh, about what you eat, um, that's uh, that's another opportunity to get these toys. Now you mentioned all the other merchandise and things that they're coming out with. You can now buy the official T-shirt for Man of Steel through um, HotTopic.com uh, and all the stores that they have around the place. Uh, the Man of Steel official T-shirt. There are can huggers coming out, travel cups, aprons, uh, bobbleheads, <laughs> wacky wob- wacky wobbler. I think they're called bobbleheads. Uh, it, it's it's all coming. And that's, again, that's more marketing, that's more excitement, that's more things to get people uh, into this whole Man of Steel time of the year we're getting to. And uh, for me, it's almost like a new holiday. It's, it's, I'm, I'm so excited. It's like I'm going to gather around the Man of Steel tree and I'm going to hand out Man of Steel gifts. And it's just going to be, uh, you know, the, the ultimate gift on, on the 14th when I see the movie. And then it just continues from there with all these collections that are coming in, things that people are pre-ordering. You're waiting for them to come in the mail. It's yep. just... A very exciting time, and if if you if you haven't yet seen uh, the Man of Steel T-shirt in action, uh, and you haven't watched uh, Great Scott at all, what a better time uh, there would not be for you to tune in this week, as you will see the Man of Steel T-shirt that I got myself uh, the other day. Uh, I will be wearing it in this week's uh, Great Scott. So tune in. Uh, I guess that gets posted around Friday. That's right. That's Friday. You'll be able to see it. So uh, that's that's excellent. Uh... And uh, you got that from a Hot Topic store, did you? I did. Or, yeah. uh, Hot Topic in the mall nearby. It just so happens that uh, uh, the show that I'm rehearsing, Les Miserables, uh, we are in a mall. Or they opened a theater where an old movie theater used to be. Okay. And they kind of ripped out some of the seats and they took down the screens and they have stages now instead. And, and we're working there. So um, I would never go to the mall, mm. probably. Uh, I just happen to be there. I'm on break. Some we get breaks and we go walking around for a drink or for food. And I happen to remember as I was walking by Hot Topic that it was announced that they had the shirts. I went in, spent money. Uh, the day before that, I went into a Journeys and I bought a super bad shirt there as well. So I'm just I'm going broke just because I'm being <laughs> in this lame Rob play. <laughs> Very good. So lots of merchandise out there. Now we are expecting a new trailer in April. Uh, there is rumors that it will be connected with the next Warner Brothers film, which is 42, starring Harrison Ford. Um, I think it's a baseball movie. and uh, Jackie Robinson, I believe. Yeah, so uh, supposedly we haven't had an official confirmation about that, but uh, a new trailer for Man of Steel to be attached to 42 uh, in April. Um, I'm guessing it will be posted online, similar to the way the previous trailer was. Uh, ahead of the uh, Batman, the Dark Knight Rises uh, movie that it was attached to. I mean, I guess if it does happen to be attached to 42, uh, you are kind of introducing it to an audience that might not otherwise be interested, so mm-hmm. maybe that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem like an odd um, kind of choice. I don't know if in April there's any kind of action movies or adventure movies or entertainment movies or even sci-fi movies, but... It seems like, uh, I guess because it's Warner Brothers, That's but right. it seems like 42 is kind of a, it's a completely different genre. So I don't know that the people who are seeing that movie are going to even be excited about seeing a, a Man of Steel trailer. Yeah, well, I'm guessing as Man of Steel is actually coming close to release, that it will be attached with other movies from other companies, but probably two months out 
from the release of Man of Steel, they're only able to attach it to their own film releases. Um, that seems to be the, the trend. So uh, perhaps that's the only big budget or you know, bigger movie that uh, they've got coming out in April from Warner Brothers, uh, which might be the reason there. But I'm, again, it will be released online. It'll probably get a million hits before we know it. <laughs> and then we'll be just praising how good that, uh, that trailer is. But uh, rumoured to be available in April, so wait for that. Um, now, there's always movie rumours about Justice League movie, about what will happen with Man of Steel, whether it will be a launching pad for a Justice League movie, whether it will be uh, possibly uh, a trilogy of its own, Man of Steel, whether there might be a world's finest movie teaming Superman and Batman before we see a Justice League movie. All these rumours are circulating around at the moment. Uh, obviously, Warner Brothers are going to be looking very closely at how Man of Steel uh, performs at the box office to decide anything about uh, a Justice League movie from there. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, as you say, it's uh, it's really just rumors, everything swirling around all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was the whole Nolan's going to be the uh, the guy behind every single DC Comics release now. Um, and, and, and he's going to, you know, kind of grandfather in a uh, Justice League movie and, and uh, Bale's coming back mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's interested and uh, all of these things proven to be false. Um but not necessarily forever. I mean, maybe there is some talk going on or maybe something is happening and, and perhaps that's where these rumors originate from. Um, but much like uh, Ben Affleck being in talks to direct a uh, Superman movie or a Justice League movie, um, somebody hears something or maybe there is a call put out or maybe there's a thought and then it somehow uh, builds and builds and builds and, and people think that there's something to it. And, and right now, there's just nothing to substantiate any of those things other than, I guess, fans were interested in, in possibly having it happen. Mm, yeah, well, the big rumour came from uh, a Latino Review who were uh, saying that Christian Bale was uh, interested in coming back for a uh, another turn at Batman for a possible Justice League movie. Uh, so uh, they're usually on the money, but uh, whether or not that's, they're just hearing the whispers within Warner Brothers... Um, but yeah, we're waiting to see how Man of Steel does to uh, see whether or not Warner Brothers will announce anything about an upcoming Justice League movie or perhaps the world's finest movie. I mean, as disappointing as I personally felt that, that Christian Bale was as Batman, and I don't know if I've gone into much depth uh, <laughs> as far as my disappointment in the Nolan franchise, but um, I feel like it's a it would be a good move for Bale. Um, and and I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get punched in the eye for this one. But what what is he doing, and what has he done that has been successful, other than those Batman movies? This is another situation where, to me, it's 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 Tobey Maguire saying I don't want to be Spider Man all my life, or I don't want to be uh, associated with a superhero. It's beneath me. It's this. It's that. Um, he's done. He's finished. I did that. I want to move on. And and as an actor, I while I understand wanting to do other things. Uh, anything else he has tried as far as the blockbuster direction has failed. Terminator failed. Um, he was in, I think, another that was supposed to be a big blockbuster. It was supposed to start another franchise. Terminator was supposed to be a trilogy. It's done. Um, Batman really, I mean, he was in other stuff before that, and he's been in one-shot films throughout, but nothing that has been the blockbuster, you know, giant success that uh, that uh, that Dark Knight has been. And, and if... And again, I'm going to get punched in the other eye. If if I 
if I look at it as far as fans in terms of who's looking for Christian Bale, I don't think anybody is other than people who are fans of Batman, which is a lot of people. But no one's going, when's the next Christian Bale movie going to come out? Hmm. Nobody has ever said that, and no one's ever going to say that. People said it about Harrison Ford. They've said it about uh, Will Smith. They've said it about certain stars. They're not I, – I don't believe anyone has ever said that. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't seen Christian Bale, and we haven't, but no one cares. So <laughs> I think the fact that he is, that he is kind of poo-pooing his Batman um, heritage um, uh, might not be the best move in terms of uh, – you know, but yeah, I'm sure he has enough money that he doesn't ever need to work again. But uh, probably not. Uh, you know, I understand at some saying. point, you know, you're not gonna, and, uh, and then you'll say, "Oh, geez, why'd I leave Batman?" <laughs> In okay. that voice. Yeah, well, it'll be a little worse than that. <laughs> yeah. You probably won't be able to understand. You'll go, "What?" And you won't know what he's saying, and he'll you'll repeat it. You'll have to put the uh, And you go, oh, yeah, well, yeah, once we get to that point. You know, they talked about, oh, maybe I'll come back when it's time to do uh, The Dark Knight Returns. And, uh, I'm an old you know, I'll, I'll be old, and, you know, or it'll fine. be Batman Beyond. Everybody's excited. Oh, there'll be Batman Beyond in 20 years, and, you know, half these people will be dead anyway. And they go, Oh, we're going to have a Christian Bale with a cane, and, you know, we're going to see him uh, introduce <laughs> the new Batman and uh, – People latch on to stuff. And I understand. I understand. But uh, much like I, and I, as a fan of Superman and the Donner films to a certain extent, I, 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 you would think I wouldn't say certain things. But I, I, I am so glad it's time to move on from, from the original Donner franchise. And I think that even though it's much more recent, it's time to move on from the Nolan franchise. Now, that is coming from a guy who did not enjoy them. Uh, so maybe I have a different view than the billions of people that went to see them possibly maybe just slightly <laughs> now talking about other movies that are out there at the moment uh warner brothers home entertainment will bring superman to WonderCon uh in uh anaheim i think it is uh yes in anaheim on march across march 29 march 31st there's two movies that they'll be screening uh at uh WonderCon. the first one is superman unbound will get its world premiere on friday march 29th that's only a couple of days away, and uh, we will have our reporter Rennie Cowan uh, there at the uh, the screening, the red carpet, uh, the the post uh, screening question and answer session, covering all the events for us. And we'll also then on Sunday they're going to be premiering the Lego Batman the movie DC Superheroes Unite animated film uh, on Sunday March 31st at WonderCon as well. Not sure if we'll get coverage for that one, uh, but uh, we will uh, definitely be covering the Superman Unbound world premiere. Very, very interesting. I'm not thrilled about the title, uh, Superman Unbound. I mean, mm. I guess we'll see as as we watch the film. It probably connects to the idea that uh, with a villain like Brainiac, uh, he can be um, he can go all out. In other words, he doesn't have to pull back, and therefore is unbound uh he's not bound by the code that he himself has that he cannot hit anybody with all his strength he, he cannot go all out on anybody because he's uh, incredibly powerful and and there's not very many that could stand up to that so i'm, I'm guessing that that's where the title comes from um in, in the comics much like many of the other releases that have come out um on dc animated films uh the title was different it was simply brainiac um, which I, I, I might, I mean, if you're going to do two words, you could just do Superman Brainiac. Um, I guess the problem there is they had Superman Brainiac attacks 
which was probably they were worried that people would get confused between that previous animated movie and this one. Well, that's possible. I don't know if that's if anyone has said that. That would that that would make sense to a certain degree. Mm. So uh, yeah, it is based on the Jeff Johns Superman Brainiac story from the comic books, and uh, I'm interested to see Matt Bomer take his turn at doing the voice of Superman uh, because we know that he was up for the role in a live action film uh, version, uh, but he has now got his chance to be a part of. Uh, the Superman franchise by being the voice of Superman, but I'm really looking forward to seeing John or hearing John Noble's uh, turn at Brainiac, uh, hearing uh, some of the uh, from the previews and stuff that were uh, available on the uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns Part Two Blu-ray and DVD release. Uh, you hear John Noble doing the voice of Brainiac on that. Uh, people know John Noble from his uh, role in the TV show Fringe and also from the Lord of the Rings films. And uh, I only found out recently that he's actually an Australian actor and uh, he's, you know, his voice in his roles is so different to the voice that he uses just in his regular talking. Oh, see, represent. represent. That's what I say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're that's everywhere. cool. We're uh, everywhere. He's the, uh, I didn't realize um, uh, until you mentioned a couple of things in, in, in turn, um, I saw that he was on Fringe. I don't watch Fringe, so I wasn't sure who it was. Then you mentioned um, uh, the Lord of the Rings films, and I immediately connected the two because I have seen, mm-hmm. you know, promos of Fringe, so I know who who's kind of in it, and I know yeah. this guy from Lord of the Rings. So, uh, yeah, that is kind of an interesting um, take on that. I think a little older, a little older skewed than mm. than most of the voices we've had playing Brainiac up to this point. Yeah. So uh, look for. Brainiac, uh, sorry, Superman Unbound, the Brainiac animated film uh, based on the Jeff Johns story, uh, which will be, uh, which is available to pre-order from the Superman homepage online store on Blu-ray and DVD, and I believe it will be released May 7th. Uh, And then, as I said, Lego Batman, the movie DC Superheroes Unite will be available on Blu-ray and DVD May 21st. So a couple of animated films available for Superman fans in the coming months. Very exciting. I guess we're going to move into the TV part of our discussion yes, now. Yes, let's do that. Uh, we and sadly got... saw the end of Young Justice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I jumped the gun on that, but I'm so excited about uh, the idea that I'm angry about the Young Justice uh, <laughs> still coming to an end, and people go, ah, oh, get over it. You know, it's a cartoon. You're a grown man, you know. Uh, but again, uh, just uh, just fantastic. I mean, uh, the the uh, episode nineteen, I guess, we left off uh, at eighteen. Uh, it was called Summit, and it was where the uh, the Reach meets with the Light, and of course, the Reach being the alien occupation on Earth, and the Light being in place since the very first episode, where mm-hmm. we didn't know who they who they were, we didn't know their faces, and we were kind of waiting to see. And throughout the series, as they have done so well, better than any I've seen, uh, they reveal certain things slowly and over time. You know, there might be three episodes before you go back to something that was mentioned before and of course we have luthor and vandal savage and uh, black manta and, and all these other guys in in the light and it's uh you know when i look at the reach i kind of i realize that they've 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 embroiled themselves in the earth and they've kind of taken over to a certain degree but they seem kind of i don't know un um, intimidating yeah they're a bit compared- naive i think in their uh, approach they just think that they're uh, that earthlings are meat and that uh, you know we've got 
nothing to to offer and so i think they underestimated both the heroes and the villains of earth in uh in their uh you know efforts to take over the planet and uh i think that was their undoing yeah i mean uh, and then it usually is um mm-hmm. what happens you know the villain uh, and i guess they were the the overarching villain and then you had the the second the other villains the light and, and of course they you know they had their own issues too and i like when they, they you know they get together at this summit where they're supposed to be you know the episode before queen b says that they threw the fight uh to release uh, blue beetle mm. from from reach control it was they did it on purpose so that the final uh stage of the plan that the reach and the light have could 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 go into full effect and yet at the meeting here in the summit they all seem surprised that they lost and and everyone's getting blamed that 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 blue beetle and green beetle were released and but it almost seems like they forgot that you know marina certis as queen bee announced to all of us that they purposely gave them back control and i'm not really sure why they would and I don't really think that there was a resolution to that. It seemed like, uh, oh, look, another twist, another bit of intrigue. You know, they did this on purpose. But then um, it, it doesn't seem like either side is even in on the fact that they did that on purpose. Well, maybe it was uh, to enable them to take uh, take the um, the war world away from them, you know, as they, at the end there in the, in the, the final episode. Um yeah, but I yeah, it's it was a little bit. I think they had so many different intertwining threads, or that it um, it was hard. Not hard, but it was like there were so many things you needed to try to follow. Uh, maybe because of the fact that they were ending the series, that they needed to, uh, or they were unable to, you know, finalize some of the threads that they'd uh, they'd left out there. Yeah, it's it's almost like the lost syndrome that I hear mm. from a lot of people that uh, you know they they kind of set an end date for themselves and they weren't really able to get everything in by the time the time ran out. You know, people want to hear about polar bears and smoke monsters and why the island is what it is, and and they don't get to it. They just mm. uh, and people go, oh, they set all that stuff up, and you know, of course, the creators say, well that stuff wasn't important it was the characters that were important it was the story that was important that was just background stuff you know kind of like zombies on walking dead a lot of people complain there's not enough zombie killing there's not enough action with zombies you don't see enough you know but the show's not really meant to be about zombies it's a you know they're the they're background they're the they're the problem that that caused everything else but the show's about people so i think here i don't think they have as good an excuse um, but they did kind of get – it seems like they kind of got stuck ending maybe before they were ready. Mm. Um, I like when they all walk in. Black Beetle, you know, he's the tough guy. He's he's the guy who wants to tell everybody what to do. And he says, no masks. You know, we've agreed. And uh, he has a mask, doesn't he? <laughs> he's <laughs> he all bodies <laughs> mask. Yeah, they all take off their masks, but uh, he leaves his on. Um, but, yeah, I mean it's another one of those where – then the show again just does it so well. They they have a sabotage. They have a twist. Everyone's surprised. You know when 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 Aqualad v- reveals that he's been w- with the good guys all along, and then then uh, uh, Cheshire is is uh, or Tigress is um, uh, Artemis. Uh, Artemis, and and then they have and we have friends, and they all jump in, and it's all exciting and a big giant battle. And you know what else I, I always notice? And of course it's an animated show and it's not rated PG 13 cause it's not one of the movies. Oh, uh, speaking of which we mentioned this before, all of these animated releases, which are often peddled to children, 
are all rated PG-13, mm-hmm. which actually, in my view, is what makes them so good because they can do so much more uh, than, oh, golly gee, I'm in a G-rated movie, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, all these ninjas, you know, deadly ninjas pop down and they have they have little bombs on their belt, but all the bombs are smoke bombs. Their swords never actually get used to slice anything and no one ever dies. And all the bad guys are always going, kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. And no one ever gets killed. And, and of course, uh, we do have, uh, unfortunate, uh, what looks to be a death. Although, if anyone knows the history of, of Flash and Young Flash and, and all these other characters, there's all kinds of speed force things and time travel and and getting stuck at another time and uh vanishing out of one existence but being in another so uh that was one thing that i could see people getting upset about in the series finale endgame where everything kind of came to a head uh at the end all the flashes had to run around super fast in order to contain one pod that had uh that they had missed when they collected all the other ones and uh because um impulse i think it was impulse or the other Flash, couldn't run as fast as the others. Kid Flash. Kid Flash was getting, um, was getting, was taking all the residual energy mm-hmm. that was, that was going somewhere and it ended up, uh, vanishing him. And this, I could see people, even people who are, who, who have some knowledge going in of, of the different things that have happened to the Flashes and, and different crises and stuff might say, but yeah, we're not going to see the outcome of that, even though we kind of know he's not dead or maybe he is. Uh, the fact that it's ending, are we going to ever, ever actually see? Because it seems like they they have several cliffhangers here. I found myself wondering if if the plan is to take this to another level with one of these uh, possible movie releases or mm. something. Let's hope so. Let's hope there is an animated movie that will be uh, a continuation of, of the Young Justice universe, the continuity there, whether that they can have a dark side film, you know, because obviously there at the end, Vandal Savage teams up with Darkseid uh, and, you know, they have obviously plans to do something, but uh, we won't see that unless there is an animated movie based on the Young Justice uh, animated series. Let's hope that is uh, the case. Uh, I'm not uh, ashamed to admit that uh, I got uh, a bit choked up with the Endgame episode, you know, the death of Kid Flash or the vanishing of Kid Flash, whatever you want to call it. And the way that it uh, it affected the rest of the vil- the rest of the heroes and and his friends and and you know uh, obviously Artemis and um, it was uh, it was quite touching. And I got choked up several times throughout. Mm. Uh, you know, I kind of watched a uh, a marathon of about five of these uh, right. to get to get caught up in order to get to the final episode. And uh, I, I, it's one, and I've said it before. In almost every episode, there's at least a moment or two where where something touching occurs uh that 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 gets me a little uh, a little weepy and i'm not you know a little teary uh and I, I i all i can do is lavish praise upon it for being able to do that because there are there are tons of movies and tv shows released all the time and 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 uh most of them are unable to win over people's emotions like that and and for for a uh uh network uh, for a cartoon network show that uh, has been treated so poorly, in my opinion, to be able to do that on a consistent basis and have great gripping characters and storylines and twists and emotion, and yet to 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 go away with really no fanfare and and just kind of be uh, unceremoniously torn from the airwaves, just seems like a really just just horrible travesty. And I know it's not; no one's dead. There hasn't been anything terrible that has occurred. But I mean, I just yeah, don't. Again, I still don't. I still don't get it. And it's. Uh, 
It is. And and of course bringing in Dark Side, I don't as far as I remember, I don't think we've seen Dark Side, so it's like at the very end they're introducing this giant bad guy and and going, "Well, there he is, and now they're together, but uh you're never going to see it." So it seemed like an odd way to go and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh I was pretty excited over the Tim and Cassie uh coming together uh because uh I was um with Pendant Productions, I uh, I played Tim in the uh, in the Batman show that they had, which uh, is no longer available. But for fans who listen and know that I was there, uh, Tim and Cassie had a, a relationship going on there, and of course, it's occurred in the comics. So that was a nice little uh, little nod to um, some some comic book history that they never really got to in the show. Yeah, and I think they also mentioned uh, what were the the, the the kids from the very first Super Friends episode, Wendy and. And uh, one of the other kids, uh, you know, with, with they had uh, that Wonder Dog in that very first episode of the Super Friends. I think they both got mentioned. Uh, in this oh, yeah, I, didn't, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, it's, uh, have a look at the series finale again. I think it's uh, the the two of them get mentioned uh, as being uh, you know possible uh, young Justice um, you know um, uh, recruits, and they talk about them, but they're never seen. They're just mentioned and. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was it was interesting if I'm not mistaken, but um, yep, that's that's the end of Young Justice as far as we we believe. Uh, that's the end of the TV series, and uh, as we've both said, it's a shame to see it go. It's a shame to see it end unceremoniously like that uh, with no fanfare. But uh, it uh, it won't be forgotten by the fans, and uh, there is a uh, video game coming out, but uh, that won't be until September. So. Uh, Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps it would be great for DC Comics, uh, DC Entertainment to release an animated movie just to uh, expand on that uh, that finale. It seems like there's almost something in the works. Something's being planned. And the odd thing with the game coming out, um, you know, six, seven months before after the series has ended completely, and maybe there'll be some sort of a tie-in. And, of course, this is all rumors coming from me, but maybe uh, this is the way they're going to kind of sync up the end there and then maybe a movie and that kind of thing. And I think that that would obviously be so great. And, of course... Mm. Just as I have complained throughout the series that there really hasn't been any Superman involvement, uh, we end the show with uh, some some characters saving the world, and Superman really isn't involved. But if you can't get Superman as a Superman fan, why not have Lex Luthor? Who better hmm. than ha- than to have Lex Luthor pretty much save the world? I mean, uh, without his technology. W- you know, we're all dead because instead of just having one pod that the flashes have to stop, you have all 21 mm. or 22, whatever it was. So, uh, and it was also neat to have Cat Grant throughout the entire series uh, as a uh, as an ongoing news correspondent, and we yeah. saw her in almost every episode or every other episode. And she, of course, originated in Superman as well. So, a lot of strong Superman uh presence uh, you know on the show but not superman himself for the most part no but we obviously superboy was a, a big part of the show so a great animated series has come to an end and uh let's just wait and see if anything else further comes down the line now there are a lot of, lot of dvds that are being promoted with this being superman's 75th anniversary and the year that man of Steel comes out uh warner home video have announced the upcoming release of three new dvd compilations called superman supervillains and they collect together episodes from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, each single-disc DVD collection will contain three episodes highlighting one of Superman's foes. There's one for Bizarro, one for Brainiac, and one for Metallo. 
very good. I always enjoyed those episodes. Um, Bizarro, the first one I really liked. Uh, some of the other appearances didn't do as much for me, but mm-hmm. the but the Metallo arc continued through almost the entire series. I think there's probably several more Metallo episodes uh, other than those three. I think Bizarro only made one or two appearances, so those three are probably, I guess he had to have made three, uh, but that was probably it. And, uh, and of course, Brainiac was a big presence there as well, and he was probably present in more than just three episodes, and those were always good. So, uh, you know, if you're just looking for, um, a lot of people will come out and say, you know, how come we keep seeing Zod, or how come we keep seeing Luthor? How come they don't tap into some of these other characters? And and I know, I know people who say those sorts of things that that for some reason refuse to get into animation or 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 just can't or or even when they start to watch a good one they fall asleep or whatever it is. But uh, this is a way, uh, much like these PG thirteen releases uh, that are straight to uh, DVD animated films, uh, to get some much better story development and a greater, um, you know, um, uh, what is it? A uh, greater listing of, of, of Superman villains. Mm. If you don't, if you don't just want to see, uh, Luthor all the time, who also had a very strong presence on, on the, uh, on the animated show, but, uh, and, and they're pretty good in terms of, um, the way they introduced them to the show and, and their version, uh, with some hints and connections to the comic book versions, but some differences. It's, uh, it's it's very you know I, I was very very happy with that Superman animated show and uh, and the way they handled a lot of the villains. Yeah, I thought Brainiac uh, the way that he was tied in with Krypton was a, a, a brain it was a masterstroke and uh, you know having him being involved with the destruction of Krypton and and all that was uh, was fantastic and uh, those DVDs will be released on May twenty eighth so uh, that's more for for fans to look forward to. And then there's another one coming out uh, called The Best of Superman DVD, and uh, that will in, include uh, 14 episodes from a range of different animated episodes or different animated series, um, from the Superman animated series, the Fleischer animated cartoons, the uh, New Adventures of Superman from 1966, uh, various Super Friends versions, Challenge of the Super Friends, uh, Super Friends, a legendary superpower show, superpower team, Galactic Guardians. There's also a Justice League Unlimited and Justice League episodes. And uh, they're all collected on two discs. And it's interesting to see such a range of uh, Superman animated uh, episodes in one DVD collection. Well, you know, uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're kind of a casual fan and, and maybe you're looking forward to Man of Steel or, or maybe you watched uh, Super Friends when you were young and, and you just kind of want to catch up with it and, and, and kind of reminisce a little bit and see what it was like at the same time, you can see something from 20 years previous that maybe you weren't around for and then from 20 years after where you, weren't, you didn't think you cared but now you have it on one, one set and, and you go, well, I'll, I'll watch. I mean, I bought it because I wanted to, you know, and I think it's, it's – it's probably a good way to introduce a, a wide variety of, of ages and generations to some of these shows that they may not have seen or may not remember and uh, kind of get them excited again. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that there's none of the Ruby Spears uh, 1988 uh, animated It's the episodes. one. That's the one. That's the one everybody always asks for and everybody mm. uh, keeps uh, uh, hoping that, that will be around. And uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct, that's the one that used the John Williams... Uh, 
Yes. Music. That's yeah, right. yeah. And I remember watching that when I was young, and I remember being so excited every time the theme song would come on. And that's again a testament to John Williams and the John Williams score that's going to be missed, I guess, uh, as we go forward. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, who wouldn't love this? How many episodes were there? Thirteen. Twenty. Yeah, there was one season. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Oh, I can have a quick look and find out. But um, they are available on um, DVD, the Ruby Spears Superman cartoons. But uh, none of them are included in this best of. Um, there you uh, go. Collection. I didn't realize they were available. Yeah, they we are available. There. No, no, they're out there. And there were, uh, looking at my list, 13 episodes um, of the Ruby Spears cartoons from 1988. And, uh, but they are available on DVD. Uh, if you're interested in having a look at them, uh, you can grab them from the Superman homepage online store and just look for Ruby Spears Superman uh, in the uh, DVD section. Now, so, why uh, is it, Steve? Pretend I'm a fan. Pretend, you know, pretend I'm not a professional broadcaster, but I'm just a fan doing this thing for fun. Okay. Right. Uh, if I were and I were to ask you, why is it that Superman seems to have such bad luck in terms of? Um, uh, television presence as opposed to Batman animated series running 11 years or 9 years or however long it ran and, and, and Superman animated being unceremoniously cancelled after 2 years and Young Justice which had a lot of Superman involvement being cancelled uh, after 2 years and, and, and on a lot of these shows Ruby Spears only being on for one season and, and uh, you know uh, the 66 show only being on for a short time and I know that a lot of them evolved into other versions but most of them kind of evolved into where he was there, but there were a lot of other heroes too. So every fifth episode or so, you might have um, something that, that was really representative of, of a Superman story. So what has anybody come out about this? Has there been any kind of speculation? Do you have any idea why, why uh, it seems that Superman doesn't really succeed in, in animation uh, on television? Well, I wouldn't say he hasn't succeeded. He's been around since 1940, whatever it was, 1940, 1941, with the Fleischer cartoons that were on the cinema. He's been around ever, you know, ever for 75 years now in animation of one form or another, on TV, on uh, the, at the cinema. Uh, you know, I think it's been successful. I wouldn't say it hasn't been, but as for why they don't seem to last, I, I guess it comes down to the writers, whether they feel that there are enough stories to tell, whether they... Uh, whether the ratings are there, uh, whether they just decide to move on to something else, uh, and you know they touch on Superman, and they go, "Oh, why should we just stick to Superman when we've got all these other heroes that we can also tap into?" And then they kind of uh, forget about Superman. Um, yeah, I don't, I really don't have an answer for that. Seems like that's not okay then for Batman, because if you would think that if the idea is, well, why do we want to do a a whole series for 10 years on just one character when we can do all all these other characters that that would also apply to uh Batman who continuously gets uh shows over and over again where it's just him you know occasionally well, there's a guest spot or whatever but well, I, I mean, think so if you look at Batman Brave and the Bold that's not just Batman that's Batman teaming up with a different hero every week pretty much um and you know you've got I think Batman has to his advantage the fact that he's got the villains there that seem to be uh, a, a rogues gallery that's that's probably better than Superman's. Um, you know, you got the Joker, the Penguin, you got you know uh, all these other characters that seem to be more fleshed out than say Lex Luthor, Brainiac, 
Metallo, Bizarro would probably be the top four uh, in the Superman world. Um, maybe that's what Batman's got going in his favor. It's possible. I've definitely heard people say that uh, the Batman Rogues Gallery is much more extensive, and I think that that's because a lot of those are are human guys that develop one power or another, or they're mobsters. And uh, you know, throughout Batman's history, he's kind of been an on the street guy who fights street crime and stops mobsters, and occasionally comes up against a power like uh, Clayface or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, in terms of fighting intergalactic invasions, that really wasn't supposed to be his purpose, and it no. never was until fairly recently. And and I think that that's why uh, he had the time and the years to develop this rogues gallery of of you know, kind of normal guys who were, who were really cool or really scary or really weird that all are in Arkham Asylum and then that just kind of go on. But I also, um, I've, I've been, I've been very defensive of, of Superman's, uh, uh, rogues gallery too, because they're not well known as Batman's are, but, uh, there are quite a few that we don't see or don't really know that much mm. about that, that are out there. If, 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 uh, if we could, tap into those and use those and some of those were used in the superman animated series and and i just uh i wonder uh, why they don't really tap into that as much as they do with batman yeah i I agree they don't seem to be you know uh as prevalent as the batman uh villains but uh hopefully with man of steel there'll be a renewed interest in the superman universe and we'll be able to see more superman stuff coming to tv now speaking of coming to tv netflix uh, taking a lot of the television uh, animated shows and making them available for people who are subscribed to Netflix uh, with uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited both coming to Netflix as of March 30 and uh, as well as the Batman Beyond and Batman the Brave and the Bold. All those will now be available on Netflix uh, for those people who are... Um, customers of, of that uh, provider I have Netflix and uh, it's great especially uh, for something like uh, Justice League or or, or uh, Batman or, or uh, you know these other series that you, you know uh, there's a there's there's two sections you can go into regular Netflix or they have Netflix for kids mm-hmm. uh, I usually just go into the regular and then pick a kid show because what happens is if you put it on you can sleep or do the dishes or do laundry or whatever it is you're going to do, and they will keep loading the next episode. So okay. if the kid's really interested into it, it'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have Justice League on or something like that, uh, the, the idea that it's so great for kids uh, because there's no commercials and they just keep going. Or if they don't keep going, the kid can easily hit one button and go to the next episode. And um, and it's much easier than, you know, I own all the Justice League uh, discs, but, you know, putting them in and taking them out and, you know, no, yeah. uh, just a lot. Of, you know, once you have Netflix on, you just zoom through it. Plus, you can watch it on a tablet. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on the computer. Um, so it, it opens up a lot more uh, opportunities for you to watch. You know, you're on a plane. You're in the park. You're waiting for the doctor. You're on a bus. Whatever. Um, it's it's uh, it's really kind of a good service. And uh, uh, this brings up another interesting point. You mentioned Batman: The Brave and the Bold is going to be on there. And uh, Batman Beyond is going to be on there, which which was a spinoff from the original Batman animated series. Uh, you did not mention Batman the animated series, and I I can't help but think that that's because, as opposed to all these other ones that are going to be on there, they believe that Batman the animated ster- series is still worth more to them 
to sell it in packages and sets, you know, and all the seasons together, single seasons, single episodes, whatever it is. And they must still be making enough money off selling them for people to collect that they're unwilling to release, you know, and of course, a lot of fans you'll hear talk about it. It, it is considered one of the best superhero animated shows of all time. Um, so I could certainly see that it, 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 it being too much of a cash cow for them because, you know, once you give it over to Netflix, you, you get whatever the price is, but you don't get it each time someone watches it or mm. each time a new person watches it. Or um, So that's just another interesting uh, – it's kind of they're holding back on, on that one uh, because I think uh, – well, it seems like it's, it's probably uh, you know, still very popular in sales. Probably. I don't know. Uh, now, moving away from TV news – uh, we've had some big announcements in the comic book world this uh, past month since our last Radio KAL podcast. Uh, you know, we've got all these new creative people coming on the, the Superman comic books, but uh, everyone was looking forward to Andy Diggle taking over from Grant Morrison on the Action Comics title. But before his first issue was even hit the shelves, Andy Diggle has decided to quit as writer of Action Comics and has decided to walk away from that title for professional reasons. Well, um, this is a man um, that is uh, much like me in a lot of ways. Um, he's extremely talented. Uh, he's probably very, very good looking. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he seems to quit everything he gets involved with uh, uh, <laughs> when there's any sort of resistance at all. I don't really know. That was just a joke. Um, but it is unusual to me. Um, you know, these creators, I hear a lot talking about how uh, Batman would be a dream job or Superman would be a dream job. Or I've been, you know, since I first drew my first superhero when I was 10, I always wanted to work on a Superman comic book. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I've, I've heard the, the similar quotes from Andy Diggle when he was announced. And, uh, and now he's gone. Uh, and we don't know why. We don't know exactly what happened. Something creative. Um, uh, I guess the artist that was working with him, uh, his name escapes me right Tony now, Daniel. Uh, says that it was a mistake, says that he shouldn't have walked away and that it's because there's going to be a great delay before Andy Diggle is actually able to introduce his own original story ideas to the character because Morrison, who's leaving, uh, had stuff planned out with the, the other creative teams and the other people in the offices that they still want to happen and now they want Diggle to write it as opposed to um, being able to write his own thing. And I guess I could see how that would be frustrating because now, you, you know, from what uh, Daniel's saying, he has almost a year of stories to write before he can even get into anything he might uh, want to get into. Well, that's where it gets interesting because, as you mentioned, Tony Daniel expressed his feelings via his Facebook page saying that... Um, he, uh, he says, I can only say I feel bad he made that decision, referring to Andy Diggle. He says, I think it was the wrong one, but that was his choice to make. For the remainder of the arc, I'll be working off his plots to finish out his first arc. So essentially, I become scripter in the credits with Andy as plotter. As for myself, he continues, I end my short run after I complete this first arc, which ends with issue 21. So not only is Andy Diggle leaving with issue number 19 <laughs> or whatever it is, but Tony Daniel, the artist and co-scriptor, will also end with issue 21. So, like, where was, where was the plan all along for these guys to be around for a, an extended period of time? That's three issues, 19, three 20, episodes, 21. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, you know. What's it's almost on? like 
it's almost like Daniel doesn't want to kind of uh, stir the pot. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want to, you know, um, talk ill of his employers. And Andy Diggle didn't want to either. He just said, "Well, for creative differences, I'm going to walk away." But I'm, it seems like one or both of them probably have much more inside them about whatever it is that happened that that has kind of um, caused this team to to go to the wayside uh, before they really even get involved. Because, as you say, this was supposed to be the next wave of creators where they're going to be around for a while, you know. Uh, and, and now they're going to be for three uh, issues. Well, he goes on to say, Tony Daniel says, this was pre-planned since last fall, and there is another project I'll be taking on and assisting with, a massive project with DC. So if this was pre-planned, then why were they announcing these big creative teams of Andy Diggle, Tony Daniel, if it was only for three issues? It seems there's a lot of uh, strange things going on in I, the comic yeah, world and in DC, right. and I, I don't really... I don't understand a lot of it, and obviously we're not on the inside, and no. it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, it would be nice to have some more information because obviously the whole uh, New 52 initiative uh, has supposedly been successful. We've seen a lot of increased sales. The characters have, have been changed. You know, uh, People are either happy with it or they're not, but, but there's a lot more reading going on. There's the digital initiative that where people are buying these books online and, and, and with tablets everywhere, people can be reading comics all the time. Uh, I, but, but there still seems to be an issue with either editorial and creators or, 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 or creators in, in terms of writers and, and artists or people that can't get along or people's ideology not mixing with other people's. And it's just – it's causing chaos, I think, hmm. from a creative standpoint and from a continuity standpoint. Uh, I was talking to um, a fan the other day uh, named Anthony who, who couldn't believe because uh, with the Supergirl 18, um, the, the, the current writing team – uh, was on the cover, and 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 the write up that we got that the story was going to be was by the current writing team, and 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 then on the inside, there were new names that nobody had ever heard of, and the the writer and drawer that were on the cover are not on the inside at all, and the story has changed from what it was supposed to be into something else, and it's written by, uh, uh, as I said, some people that that uh, no one even has heard of, so it, it has led to speculation that. That that it must be the the editors that that took over at the last minute, and I don't know that that's true. Frank Hanna is the the writer now of Supergirl eighteen, and uh, looks like uh, Robert uh, Rachor or Rachok Rochok, something along with Rebecca Robert, something like that. But names that have not been out there have not mm. been announced as people yep. that were going to take over. So uh, something happening in that book as well. Yeah, um, people were thinking that uh, Mahmoud Azra, who was the artist in Supergirl, was stepping away, but he said, no, it was just for that one issue. I'm still there. I'm still, I'm still hanging around. So there seems to be a lot of miscommunication there. There seems to be, uh, you always hear of these disgruntled writers and artists uh, at, inside DC Comics, and they seem to be leaving left, right, and center, and they seem to be upset at what's going on. And I think it's in this day and age of superstar writers and superstar artists, Instead of them just going to work and doing the job that they're being asked to do and writing the character and you know writing the story that the editor you know gives them as their task or you know as their script for for you know what's coming up, they're getting bigger than the character and they think you know what oh I don't, I don't care if I don't write Superman I'm Andy Diggle I'm whoever I am Grant Morrison I'll write my own creator own stuff and uh, you know 
uh, let these uh, big, you know, uh, tentpole characters, um, you know, go to hell. As far as I'm concerned, I, you know, I'm, I can, I can write my own stuff, and um, I think we're getting to the, 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 to the part where these writers and artists are, you know, getting too big for their britches. You know, in one respect, yes, they sell because of who they are and you know their, their talent and everything. But a lot of the time, I think you've got to swallow your pride and say, you know what, I've got a job to do. This is my employer. He's asking me to do this job. This is the job I'm going to do, and I'm contracted on to do this job, and, and, and so be it. Well, you, you know, there is obviously there's something to be said for that. I mean, I don't know if Andy Diggle believes himself to be of that stature now or if anybody else does. I mean, is he really um, of the of the of the fame level of a, of a Morrison or of a Jim Lee, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't. I've never really heard his name. I don't read other comics, so I only read Superman related stuff. So maybe he came from some high profile gigs. I don't. I don't know. And of course, people coming in want to creatively be able to stretch to some extent. So uh, I do think there could there could be something to the idea that he wouldn't be able to get around to any of his stories. But if Daniel is saying that they were only going to write three stories anyway. Uh, it almost seems like, well, just work three months and then go home. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a good gig. You're writing Superman and then you, you're done and you can have your name in the history of Superman for all the time to come. And you don't have to put up with anything or listen to anybody or, you know, but to leave right at the start of your three month run just seems kind of extreme i don't know <laughs> yeah well there's obviously a lot going on there that we don't understand but it just seems a bit uh, bizarre and a bit frustrating from a superman fan perspective that uh, these you know highly touted uh, new creative teams uh, falling by the wayside before they've even started and, well, listen uh, uh, as long as morrison doesn't come back i don't <laughs> mind if we get a new creator every month it looks just you know I, I can't take any more of that. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. But I don't understand why they don't give Sholly Fisher turn. At oh, Rain yeah. Because his backup stories in the Grant Morrison books have been fas- fantastic and fascinating. I agree. So, I agree, 100%. Uh, put up your hand. I'm sure he has, Sholly, but uh, uh, I would be right behind that if they did that. Now, talking about creators coming and going, there was, and we've spoken about this at length in previous podcasts, about Orson Scott Card and his story uh, in Adventures of Superman and his beliefs and, and uh, opinions on uh, a, a gay marriage and all that kind of stuff. But uh, he has been, his story has been removed from Adventures of Superman because the fact that uh, the artist who was supposed to be drawing his story has decided that, look, he doesn't want to be involved anymore because all the bad publicity, all the media around it has taken away from you know, what they were trying to do in the first place. And so he thinks that it's best to stand away, stand it aside, and uh, DC will not be publishing that story from Orson Scott Card unless they can find a, another artist to take over. I was going to say, wasn't the initial announcement uh, that uh, his story would still appear, but uh, that at a later time, as opposed to being the first story or an early story, um, you know, he was going to do one or two, and we're going to jump around and have different artists anyway or writers anyway. So don't worry, you know, uh, you know, he's not going to be the whole thing. You know, we, the whole plan all along was to have different people. So we'll just have his story come in at a later time. Uh, once we get somebody else to draw it, so it sounds like we're we're still in the same place that we were. You know, yeah, when I, mean, I this, this had adventure. read that it was removed, I thought, okay, so he's off. But yeah, yeah well, this Adventures out. of Superman series is different artists, different writers uh, doing standalone stories. Uh, there will be three stories, three separate stories 
within each printed edition, uh, each story will come out digitally uh, from week to week and then could be collected in the print edition. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Orson Scott Card was one of many different writers that have been hired to write standalone stories for this Adventures of Superman continuity-free digital first series. Uh, but uh, DC Comics said that uh, they understand Chris Sprouse's uh, decision to uh, step down from the project and they say... Um, uh, we will re-solicit the story at a later date when a new artist is hired. So whether, when or whether that happens, we don't know. But the Adventures of Superman comic book title will still be published. There will still be other stories from other artists and other writers uh, included in those uh, issues as planned, as, as always was the case. But Orson Scott Card's story will not be in that first uh, edition um, in, uh, in the initial run of the book. Until they can I, last. for one, am hoping that we get a writer who uh, it makes a stand against bus drivers and doesn't think that they should be able to live like other people. And that's what I want to see. Cause well, uh, we, we made a joke similarly last week, last month, sorry, on our podcast. And as you'll see in our big question segment, uh, we got a bit of a, an irate uh, response to oh, no. our, uh, your, your grasshopper joke. Um, oh right, smart. grasshoppers. That's right. That was funny. Yeah, but uh, uh, I thought it was funny. We'll get to that uh, in our big questions segment of the show. Uh, but uh, moving on to other Superman announcements uh, and in some good news, uh, a new Superman title called Superman Unchained uh, by Scott Snyder and artist Jim Lee will be a new monthly title that will hit the shelves uh, soon. I'm just looking up the exact date. But uh, Superman Unchained, what do you think of the title? It's kind of cool. It's a little like Unbound, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it is a little bit. <laughs> but it's, uh, it also kind of harkens to those um, how many statues and how many covers and how many posters have there been with Superman breaking free of chains. That's right. Um, which is kind of uh, kind of like tying up a guy with scotch tape, <laughs> you know, and, and hoping he doesn't get out. Uh, because chains... What are chains? I don't know. I, mean, I guess they're, I don't know, made of iron or made of steel or whatever they're made they're of. Kryptonite. And the whole idea, is, I guess, is that, well, if they're kryptonite chains, that's a little different. But uh, there are a lot of pictures with him just breaking out a regular chain. I don't even know why he sat there for them to put chains on him. <laughs> um, but maybe he just thought it would be funny to stand up after they went through all the work and, and, and break, break them all. Yeah. I the, think uh, the I, I have said. It comes out June 12th. That was the date that it's released. There you go. Is that a uh, is that a digital first or digital only as well? Uh, well, I'm sure most of the comics these days do come out digitally. I think it'll probably be like the other like action comics and Superman in that it will come out digital uh, and print on the same day and date um, together. Um, and it actually comes out the same month as another uh, series called Batman Superman by writer Greg Pak and artist Jay Lee. Uh, which I think we mentioned in our last podcast. So a couple of new Superman titles coming out uh, in June. A lot to look forward to. And believe it or not, I, 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 have a, I have a strange inkling that we were talking about marketing before. A lot of these new Superman releases, uh, even though they're not directly tied in, are still part of the marketing on both sides uh, that there's a new Man of Steel uh, movie coming yeah, out. and. For sure. that, and 
that they think that the the interest in the character is going to be benefit on both sides because of these new books and because of the movie and, and, and things are all coming out and it's all ramping up as you see uh, the closer we get you know we got another we got another book then we got another book we got another book there's three different Superman uh, releases coming out um, that that uh, previously didn't exist that's right uh, that, that are now suddenly uh, going to be there and, and and hopefully and I've been saying this for years now since we heard about Man of Steel. Uh, hopefully, his popu- his popularity does surge, and and he he does start uh, selling more books to maybe the younger generation and and even the older generation, and and then there is a resurgence of his popularity. I think that's what we're all looking for, and I think with the opportunities to read many various different stories, not necessarily tied in, some that are, some that aren't, uh, where you can get. Uh, your Superman, uh, probably the best place if if you don't want to be chained down to continuity, I guess, is in the uh, Adventures of Superman mm-hmm. that's going to be coming out where uh, it's Superman and it's doing some of the familiar things you have always seen him do but not be holding to the new 52. And I guess Unchained is going to be – does that slot in anywhere? Is that is that a uh, fourth book of the month or is that is that something um, on its own as well? No, I think it's part of continuity um, with the action comics and Superman uh, as far as I understand it where Batman Superman will see the uh, – having a look at Superman and Batman's first meeting prior to – uh, I guess Justice League number one, and I think we mentioned we talked about that in our last podcast about just how that will happen. Seeing as how Batman seemed to say in Justice League number one that he never met Batman when he was talking to Green Lantern, but he could have been uh, telling a little fib there. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, uh, I guess you can shoehorn in yeah. any type of quote unquote origin that you want, uh, even if somebody said one thing or another. I mean, I guess he's saying that we're going to find out that Batman didn't exactly mean that the way he said it, or. <laughs> Uh, you know, something. something. (laughs) Let's talk about some of the books that have actually been out this past month. We saw Superman number 17 and Superboy number 18 finalise the Hell on Earth uh, saga. Uh, What did you think of of those books and and Hell on Earth as a a whole? Well, I think a lot of, from what I've been hearing, a lot of people were pretty happy with the Mm -hmm. the Hell on Earth uh, arc. Which is good, I think, because um, there had been some disappointment up to uh, this point uh, in the Superman books. People kind of saying it wasn't really going anywhere, nothing was really happening, and this was this was obviously tied into Krypton, and and all the characters uh, had a vested interest in it, and so we kind of got a little bit of a mythology story at the same time being a. Uh, uh, a story that could destroy the Earth, uh, which is always uh, a big thing for Superman to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally uh, was disappointed that I said this was kind of a joke. Uh, I, I said to someone they were talking about how it was good to see um, uh, Superman step forward in, in, in his book or whatever, and, and at the end of um, the story, which I guess happened in uh, it ended in Superboy eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the oracle that came, the big giant statue, spaceship thing, whatever it was that was uh, outside Earth's atmosphere, said, uh, due to Superman's actions today, uh, you know, the universe has been irreparably changed and um, to what cost to him or whatever. And my thought, as soon as I read it, was because Superman tried and failed again and again and again in every single book in this series – but Supergirl is the one who, in the end, saved the world and stopped the bad guy. And after 
failure after failure from so what I'm not really sure it's almost like they're trying to sell us a bill of goods that Superman made massive changes to the time continuity by what he did this day but he didn't do anything he hit a guy for a while then got put down for the count uh hit a guy for a while then got taken to another dimension you know hit a guy for a while and almost died uh basically he was support for the other characters who seemed to accomplish something and it seems to me that supergirl was the overall hero of this and they've already told us that supergirl is better faster stronger uh than superman is and not only that but now she seems to be more capable of solving a crisis uh, than he is as well. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I think, sorry, Superman 17 was the conclusion, if I'm correct. It might have been Superboy number 18. But um, the, I guess the fact that Superman was able to bring Supergirl uh, around to, you know, well, you know, you know, he was there to fight off hell and not just let them do what they wanted. The fact that he was able to bring Superboy and Wonder Woman and Batman and the others together to help fight off hell, you know, he was the catalyst, I guess, for, uh, and for never giving up and for always, you know, for having that mentality of, you know, of the calm that he, that he had and, and the endurance that he had inspired the other heroes to, to continue on. And you always heard Superboy saying, I can't believe how calm he is. I can't believe how... Um, you know how uh, in control he is, and so I guess now and to to touch on the other point about Supergirl, whether or not she's better, faster, stronger, with the kryptonite poisoning that she's had uh, at the end of that Hell on Earth saga, it seems as though her abilities may be hampered somewhat by that poisoning, and she might not be able to get back to uh, those levels that she uh, has been touted to have. So um, interesting how everyone's been affected by the story. Uh, Superboy seems to be affected in a positive manner. Supergirl has some um, physical issues that she needs to get over. And um, Superman, obviously, you know, how he's been affected by it as well. So uh, I thought it was it was well done. And I understand that they had to share the load in some respects as far as who, you know, Superman couldn't be the sole saviour of the of the saga because of the fact that the other heroes were involved as well. Superboy and Supergirl, they needed to also have a hand in it. And I don't think he came off uh, second best necessarily, but I understand what you're coming, where you're coming from as far as he wasn't really the sole saviour of the, of the series, as uh, the uh, Oracle seems to have indicated. I uh, love the artwork. I've probably said this before um, on Rocket Superman. Thing. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, some people have mentioned that it's uh, a little angly or, or harsh or hard, or that the uh, I don't know I don't know the exact term, but uh, you know some of the way he draws muscles or facial features sometimes uh, comes off at a hard angle as opposed to being softer or rounder mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, I really love the way they look. You know, the opening splash in seventeen is is fantastic, and then the ending splash where he's carrying uh, Kara uh, to go get healed. It just looks fantastic. I mean, it's just these, uh, and then you know, you talk about your Jim Lee or your other name artists that that may or may not be too big for their britches or whatever. You know, when you have talent um, like Roqueford, uh, uh, I think that um, you don't necessarily need. And and as you said before, sometimes people are buying the book because of the name. I really can't get behind that. I really can't believe, other than one or two 
that anyone really cares uh, who's on a book. I really don't. I think that I think that they're 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 of a misunderstanding that that people are really going to flock to buy a certain series or a certain uh, artist run just because it's that artist. Uh, if people don't like Superman, they're not going to buy it because Jim Lee is drawing it. If if people don't like uh, Grant Morrison, but they read Superman just like I I found out during this new action run. I'm still going to read it unless I get so turned off by his writing that I have to stop, which I didn't because we do these series and we do these podcasts and, you know, we, 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 we need to know what's going on. We need to kind of know what's going on, but, um, uh, we still don't, I have don't any, really, we're still not any cluier on that. No, we don't. I, I feel like other than the first two episodes, uh, action one and two, I feel like I'm no more closer to being in the know than I was before the new 52 launched as far as, action is concerned or his jeans or his white shirt versus his blue or his mixoplick uh, landlady you know I, I we've already I, i've already gone on at length about morrison but uh, i i think what I, my point there was is that i think they put more stock than actually exists in having a and i realize that they're trying to sell books at any cost and they're desperate and they're trying to find any reason any way any hope that they might be able to get people who aren't buying to buy and i really think it's not as important as they think it is mm, uh, especially when you have when you have talent out there like this um that 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 you can clearly see is pretty close to being in the same league and i've heard people say they don't like jim lee's uh, uh superman so mm. uh, i think it goes either way you know whether you've got a big name talent or whether you've got somebody who's really talented but you don't really know his name you're either going to like the way he draws or you're not and you're either going to like his writing or you're not. Yeah. I have read Morrison stories where I'm okay, but for the most part, I don't it. like his writing. So uh, I'm going to – more than anything, I'm going to steer clear of buying new books just because he's on them. And I don't really buy them anyway. I mean I buy what I, what I want to read, not, not who wrote yeah. the I'm book. With you. Uh, you know, uh, and I, 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 something I thought was interesting at the end of the Hell uh, arc, and you're correct, it was Superman 17 – um, didn't Oracle come to witness the destruction of the Earth? That's Is right. it, wasn't that his whole point for being there? Yeah. And so then he seems happy that it didn't get destroyed. He seems well. I think it's like a, a curse to have to witness these end of the uh, end of a civilization oh, thing. Okay. So not having to witness one was probably a good thing. Oh, okay. That's, I that's why I read it. Now moving on to Supergirl number eighteen. Uh, we mentioned Supergirl having a kryptonite poisoning and Superman having to carry her away. Now she is on this platform somewhere close to the sun to re-energize herself. Um, she's uh, being, you know, brought back to some kind of health by, tr you know, trying to get the yellow sunlight to extract the kryptonite poisoning from within her cellular structure. Uh, she's... Uh, Wakes up and she's, you know, uh, impatient to get back to her life in some way or shape or form and decides that she's not going to hang around much longer. But uh, it was interesting to see, I don't, I don't know why it's happening now, but that her uh, physical, uh, what's happening to her, have, are having implications on Power Girl, who is Akara um, Zorel with a different spelling to uh to our car the supergirl version and uh there seems to be some kind of like a i guess like a twin uh you know uh, sympathy feelings of you know when supergirl's feeling something power girl 
uh, is also having some kind of a reaction to that. Yeah, I I, I found myself. Uh, I, I, for a minute, I thought I was reading a Morrison story um, because, uh, you know, this chick I don't recognize starts freaking out in her meeting or whatever. And uh, and a soldier at one point in one of the panels says, what the hell just happened? And I felt like uh, the same. I, and I don't know if they wrote it that way on purpose because they knew people reading. If they did, that's clever because they knew people reading would say, what did just happen? You know, or we're already saying that before the soldier actually said it. Um, obviously, once I said her name and once I once I once they did say her name and I looked at her again, I realized she was Power Girl. Uh, I don't I don't read the new uh, Power Girl books, which I guess are in Earth, too. Um, uh, so, so I'm not really sure what their connection is or why she has a connection here. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure in this continuity how they're related, how Superman is related. Uh, there have been many various different tellings, and I don't, as you say, know why uh, whatever's going on with Supergirl now would be affecting her. My only theory, uh, and it's, it's pretty spotty at best, is that you know because this whole hell thing in different dimensions and time and space and things have been disrupted that that somehow uh that's connected in some way hmm. will be interesting because we do know that power girl will have a uh meeting with supergirl i think it's in issue number 20 so not next issue uh or, or there may be some more uh power girl connections in number 19 but uh interesting to see what's going on there with supergirl post hell on earth and... i find it interesting um sorry to interrupt yeah. but uh, i didn't know if you were going to move on i just wanted to say that you know, I've 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 said some things about the Supergirl book since we started, and and then a lot of that still applies. And but part of it was that that these that that Superman had never spent the time to go help her, to get her, to to make her understand, to to mm-hmm. acclimate her to the. You know, uh, my my best times seeing a new Supergirl introduced into the Superman continuity were when he took her under his wing, when he taught her, when he mm. was a mentor to her. Uh, she, and sometimes rightfully so, in this book, uh, they say in one of the yellow boxes, which is not someone talking, but like a narrator, I guess, saying uh, she's still alone, uh, or, or here she is healing, uh, but as ever alone. And she just got done having a massive grouping with everybody, and 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 was not alone and was taken there by somebody who cares about what happens to her and is being healed by uh, the doctor who is also involved in her life. So she's not alone and it comes off as, although it's somewhat true, still being whiny. And I realized that part of that going into Supergirl was going to be how she doesn't fit in and how she doesn't feel mm. a part of the world and how Superman's been here since he was very young and, and she's still trying to get acclimated or whatever. Um, but she's not, uh, I think alone is the wrong word when they're kind of contradicting what just happened. Yeah. Not one panel before she was being carried by somebody and, and now she's talking to someone else who's helping her. So it's not, it's almost like she's saying, I'm alone. I got nobody I can talk to. I got nobody helping me. I'm in this for myself. And, and you know, But she isn't because she needed all these people to even help her survive. And they still are trying to help her. And she's not listening. The other thing is you're always going to have difficulty not being alone if every time someone tries to get involved with you, you spur their 
you know, their assistance. what they're trying to do. You know, mm. uh, she's telling you, please don't go yet. Let's figure out what's going on. And, and she just kind of ignores her. But again, the art's great. And Luthor especially has some great dialogue yeah. uh, because it reminds me of the Luthor that I've been wanting to see for a while. It's a, and again, we've talked about this before. It doesn't seem like the Luthor that came from action with Morrison. And I don't know what's going on there, but that guy was this, you know, spineless coward who kind of sounded like he was looking for his mother every other page. Don't hurt me. (laughs) Uh, Which I just never like when they do with any villain, really, but definitely not uh, Luthor. But when he's telling his team certain things, you know, when he says never apologize without being accused, that's that's a sign of weakness. Uh, and how come uh, this great technology is out there and we didn't build it first? Yeah, that's that's, that's Luthor. That's you know that's I love that. So uh, you know um, I'm just hoping that uh, there's some explanation to. Also, we we got mentioned in action of a look or no, I think it was a Superman book during this Hell on Earth arc when he went to the prison. Oh, this is exactly what you wanted to happen to me, uh, and we still don't really know. Unless the 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 action in 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 action is what caused that damage to his face, mm. and you know, but it it wasn't it wasn't incredibly clear to me. No, well, uh, talking still where came yeah, we're we're talking about action comics number eighteen, which we do see a bit of the the Luthor that you're mentioning about how you know whether or not his that scarring on his face came from uh, this fight with the Vindicative Vex or whatever his name is. Uh, but yeah, I thought that might have been the case because of the fact that he's bashing in his head. But then he looks in the suit and there's nobody there, so uh, I'm not sure what was going on there. But Action Comics 18 was the end of Morrison's run, and it was as confusing as ever. It was as befuddling as ever. It was uh, a moment of, uh, or not even a moment. It was a however long, long, 20 minutes or whatever it takes you to read one of these books, because it sometimes takes you longer with Grant Morrison because you've got to read. Yeah. And reread panels to say, Whoa, uh, what does that mean? Um, it, it it was confusing as hell. It was his, and and much of his entire arc uh, was that way. I, I thought, and and not only, you know, a lot of times, if you say, "Oh, I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on," maybe you could, maybe someone could make the argument that um, you didn't get it. <laughs> you don't get it, or you're just not that bright, or but but. <laughs> It seems like he goes. I mean, I understand the basic gist of the story, yeah. But but it almost seems like he goes out of his way to have four pages in a row of nonsense talking from uh, Mixius Pillick uh, uh, in the cartoon world. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the fifth dimension, where pe- where he's just saying nonsense sentences, not even like Bizarro, where you could translate it. Yeah. But where it's just like. Castle Blue, five, six fish. <laughs> and it's just like it, it makes no You're right. sense. You, you can't even read it. You, it, it and I, it hurts your I brain. Skim, I skim through those pages because I know nothing good is going to come out of me actually trying to Decide. get anything out of them. I just look at them and I go, oh, picture book. Okay, let's go back to something that I can actually get anything from. I got to say that I was glad – because I was really disappointed when Luthor came out in that big giant green and purple uh, armor thing um, uh, at the end of the last issue. I was really glad that it was a radio-controlled robot-type mm-hmm. idea, but I still 
I'm still not thrilled about the Silver Age kind of references that are going on there. Uh, I did like one thing that they did, and that was the reverse credits on the front, uh, you know, when you first opened the book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but all of their names were backwards because we're oh, dealing yeah. with I didn't even say, their name, say their name backwards and you can send yeah. them back to the thing. When I first read it, I was like, who are these people? Are these new <laughs> people again that I don't know? And uh, I realized that they were... They were backward. I did not understand, but I think the old guy dying is supposed to be Mixy. Mixy, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's him uh, in the hospital. Yeah. It's something about that was his son, which is a part of Vindicative, whatever his name is, <laughs> and um, that there his mother, Mixy's wife, the princess, which was Clark's landlady. I'm guessing. I think was uh, she was able to. Uh, keep her consciousness in something red, which was Superman's S or the blood or something along those lines. And then Superman was able to, with melding everybody's minds, able to tell tell everybody to say their names backwards, which forced Vindicative X to say his name backwards, which got rid why? of him. Why? I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know who. I don't know where. I don't know what. I just know that that's something, that's the gist of what I got. And I'm just glad that it's over. Yeah, me too. It made no sense. It and was bizarre. I don't, I don't believe that there's any uh, figuring it out. Yeah, it's well, just like, well, I want this to happen, so I'm just going to say that it would. Um, I know uh, Michael Bailey, whose review should be up on the website as you're hearing this, listening to this, uh, struggled to find out how the hell he was going to write this, the synopsis. Uh, how that. do you Maybe. put that into a linear fashion? Uh, because it's just it's all over the place. Yeah, I think he should just write. This Stuff issue happened. is all over the place, as is the entire run of Morrison. Um, just like the uh, 17 issues before this, a bunch of stuff happens. You won't really understand what it is. Some characters say a bunch of stuff. You won't really be able to understand what they're saying. And some characters are in disguise as other characters. <laughs> but by the end of the story, you won't know who they are or who they were or who they were disguised as. The end. The end. Crypto was there. Uh, Superman says you should see the other guy, and it's kind of cute. But we're kind of left with what? And Clark's did I back. Did? Uh, like Clark Kent is like somehow. Yeah. What did I just read? I don't even know. And and I don't know what is going on. I did like the backup story, as we've been saying. Mo- a lot of times, the backup stories are better than what's going on in the main. Um, but I don't know why. Uh, in a in a previous issue. I I saw one where Jonathan saw him in his new 52 costume in the future, even though he died when he was still wearing jeans. And it said this issue takes place after issue 18 of action. And, and, uh, and, and of course, Morrison loves the Legion and loves the future and loves jumping around and, and, and having us not know where we're at. So the backup story in this book is uh, I, it, what what appears to be Legion time, hmm. and a kid in a museum um, looking at Superman stuff and uh, uh, coming to a bu- bu- uh, uh, the aid of a guy, who, a kid who's getting bullied. Yeah, which He's is nice. Inspired uh, by that, right? Yeah, and 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 throughout the story, there are all these homages to the different incarnations of of Superman. Uh, uh, look up in the sky, you've got me. Who's got you? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like that, and that, of course, appeals to the the sense of um, our childhood and what we grew up with and, and things that sit in a certain place in our mind and our memory. So that works. Uh, the Morrison thing, I, I don't 
I, I know that there are people who are fans of Morrison, and I know he's written some some big stories and some big arcs, but I can't imagine why um, anyone would, would particularly desire to read a story like this. No, I'm with you there. All right, well, let's move away from our comic book talk. We've got a few things on the outside of uh, the peripheral world of movies, TV, and comics, and that's uh, Warner Brothers winning the lawsuit for the rights to Superman and then a judge confirming that at a later uh, appeal to say, yes, Warner Brothers owns Superman 100%. Very nice. Now, I think we heard something like this not too long ago where they said, but that doesn't really mean anything. That's kind of us just saying that you know it is for now and that they could come back if they want to so i don't know where we're at no i think this is pretty much the the final nail in the coffin of this lawsuit um that uh you know the judge decided that a 2001 letter of agreement was uh was you know um uh you know an agreement that was is in, in place and then they appealed the seagulls appealed that and the judges said, no, it stands, the appeal is, you know, is uh, quashed, and uh, that's pretty much the end of it. Uh, there are some little nitty-gritty parts about whether or not Superboy fits in there and how that kind of works in, but as far as the, the lawsuit is concerned, this never-ending battle seems to have a light at the end of the tunnel, and Warner Brothers now own Superman 100%. Well, that is definitely good news. Um... Again, depending on what side you're on, I mean, some people are really supportive of the estate's right and and claim and under U.S. copyright law, as we've talked about before. Um, But, I mean, uh, it just doesn't seem that anything good is coming out of all of this just back and forth. Things get changed. Things get held up. You know, we as 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 fans are kind of left out in the in the in the dark as to what's going to happen with the character we like to read about and. And I think that, I mean, my final conclusion was that uh, Superman's been around for 75 years and the Seagulls were involved for not even a year of that or a very short period of time uh, where they kind of created some stuff. But so much development has happened. So many changes have occurred. The characters have evolved. They've seen them through Silver Age, Golden Age, you know, Modern Age and now Present Age. And, and and clearly the estates and the people that were birthed by the creators didn't have any input, didn't have anything to do with it. And, and, and really, if it's only a matter of law and they have a claim to this copyright thing and now it's been shot down, I think that that's – I find that to be the correct uh, decision. Yeah, fair enough. Now, uh, Jerry and Joe were involved for many years with Superman. Uh, Jerry was even writing uh, up until into the 60s. Uh, so they were involved, uh, you know, here and there for many years uh, with the Superman character. And uh, But I agree with you. Um, I think the, the right decision has been reached. Jerry and Joe will never be forgotten. Their names will always be synonymous as the creators of Superman and with Superman. And, you know, as fans, we are forever indebted to Jerry and Joe and Joanne, Jerry's wife, being the, uh, the the role for the model for Lois Lane, and having the input that she did, we will always be indebted to them for creating the character that we so love, uh, and um, we will ne- they will never be forgotten. 
Now, I thought that the, the boys were fired uh, pretty unceremoniously, as we've used that word many, many times this episode. That appears to be the word of the day is unceremoniously. <laughs> yeah, they um, were, they were uh, when they started fighting for it, they were kicked out. Then they said, sorry, we won't do it again. And they were brought back. And then, uh, then they tried again, to, you know, another lawsuit. And then they were kicked out. And, you know, so it wasn't a continuous run of, you know, of uh, employment uh, by DC Comics but uh, they were involved for many years. And, and in the early years, they were involved... You know, Jerry, uh, Joe was drawing all the faces of Superman, regardless of who some of the artists who came in to help with the figure drawing and the other, you know, the rest of the panels and everything like that. Uh, for many years, Joe was the guy that was uh, solely responsible for doing the face of Superman uh, right into the 40s. Uh, so, and then they were kicked out or sacked, and then they were brought back, and, and then... Uh, Jerry was writing some uh, some Superboy stories for them, and then so it was it was a in and out kind of a, a run for them. Okay, well that's that's good that I said that, and I could be wrong and corrected because I uh, I never really delved into it more than knowing that they said they wanted to get paid more and got kicked out. Mm. Um, but I guess they brought them back several times, and uh, that's that's uh, uh, much more interesting. It still doesn't change no. where I think we are yep. but uh, no and, and I'm not I'm not saying that they didn't uh, accomplish something great with his no, creation he was much more simple back then yes uh, there wasn't a lot of um, personality it was a lot of uh, uh, and in some ways there were there was more of a jokey kind of winky I'm winking at you because I'm doing something uh, sarcastic which kind of got bred out of the character over the years he's mm. not particularly comedic and he doesn't Often get sarcastic with people, no. um, and he certainly doesn't throw, uh, you know, uh, bomb-toting villains in between two ships to be crushed to death. <laughs> uh, that's not his thing anymore. But um, so I just think I think that the the evolution of the character has changed such and been been um, made what it is by people other than, especially other than the estate of uh, yeah. uh, Joe and Jerry. Fair enough. Now, in other news. Uh... There are a few things coming out that will be interesting to Superman fans. Sideshow Collectibles are creating a Superman premium format figure that looks uh, quite striking. Uh, and that will uh, please fans of who you know like to collect these larger figurines and statues. Um, so that's coming out uh, soon. Did you happen to take a look at that one? I did. I really like how it looks. I mean, he looks powerful. He looks regal. Uh, the costume looks great. Someone mentioned that the trunks are a little on the large side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's more uh, older style. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, you know, it's almost it's a it's a little like an Alex Ross, but uh, you know, a very very nice figure. I'm not sure. Yet it says something like the uh, exclusive figure will will include a, uh, a switch out portrait with uh, heat vision eyes. Do you know what that is exactly? No, I don't. There hasn't been much released as far as any further details, but it's interesting that the three hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents, a four hundred dollar uh, price tag, will be for both the regular and the exclusive versions. Uh, that seems a bit bizarre. Yeah, well, I was thinking. Um and I think I commented this on the site. Uh, who's going to buy the regular when you can get if, exclusive? If, if the exclusive comes with something extra and it's the same price? Yeah, maybe it's limited in their limited edition. There aren't that many available. It's first in, first serve. But uh, the statue or figurine stands over two feet tall on a frozen Fortress of Solitude themed base. So uh, definitely a premium figure format there for uh, 
for you know people who can afford that and who want to purchase the figurine. Now the other one was the IDW uh, releasing or reprinting classic Superman newspaper strips. Uh, they'll be doing Batman and Wonder Woman ones as well, but the uh, Superman ones will be the first released, um, and they uh, they covers newspaper adventures that ran for more than 25 years, from 1939 until 1966. And uh, these strips will be collected in a Superman, the Silver Age newspaper dailies, Volume 1, 1958 to 1961, uh, available in July. So uh, interesting reprints for uh, fans uh, interested in getting these newspaper dailies. Yeah, very interesting. I have... um a book or or a collection of two books that yep. I think prints them all, and uh, so I could read them at any point. But again, I like the idea of coming out with these collections and coming out with these opportunities for people who maybe didn't get the chance to read them or don't own those books or are more casual but might want to look into it. Uh, the more options, the better. It definitely, yeah. I have those hardcover slipcase collections as well. There was the the weekly ones and then the Sunday day uh, Sunday ones as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, two uh, hardcover collections. This will be a hardcover black and white, forty nine ninety nine price tag for two hundred and eighty eight pages, and uh, we will let you know as soon as they are available to purchase. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention before we move into our big questions segment of the show is that the Superman homepage now has a professionally built Android app. Uh, we've had a iPhone or iOS uh, app for a while now that you can download from the iTunes Store. But now you can get the Android version of the Superman homepage app available from the uh, Google Play. And it's a free download. So if you've got an Android device, a tablet or a phone that runs uh, on Android, you can get the Superman homepage Android app for free. Nice. I've been badgering you over the head for years to get a droid app because uh, I feel like I've been discriminated against being a droid user, so I'm glad that that's there now. Let's start with the big question. Okay, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's do that. Last month's big question was, where do you stand on the whole Orson Scott card issue? And uh, Michael wrote, I just wanted to say that I will not be purchasing or reading anything written by Orson Scott Card. Moreover, I continue to be disappointed in the somewhat dismissive manner that this website has treated the issue. Making jokes about Greg Pak, quote-unquote, hating grasshoppers was in poor taste, extreme poor taste, trivializing an issue of bigotry that has a real personal impact on the lives of actual people and only adding to a persistent apathetic culture where hate crimes are committed against those people. Now... Uh, before before Steve cuts in and says anything, uh, Michael, I think you completely misunderstood my intention with that joke and with other jokes like that. The joke is meant to be directed at people like Orson Scott Card and at the issue of uh, racism and bigotry. And in my opinion, there is no difference to hating someone because of their skin color or hating someone because he's an insect because to me, there is no issue. The issue is that we're all the same. We're all people. We all belong. We all should be allowed to live. We all should have the same rights as everybody else. So my joke was, oh, well, why not, uh, 
why not make an issue out of there being a grasshopper or why not make an issue out of someone um, uh, driving a truck or driving a bus? Uh, I don't want to leave, uh, read stories about people who drive buses because I don't believe that bus drivers should be allowed to live in this society. You know, And that's kind of what, or in my opinion, that's what Card is saying, that because he, for some warped reason, and, and I didn't get into this in a strong way because we were trying to kind of stay balanced and not agree with him, but also not turn off people who might have the same, quote unquote, religious beliefs. And I'm not sure what of what I'm saying here is going to get into the show. That'll be up to Steve. But I don't believe that religion or, or personal belief or what you're brought up to believe uh, has any uh, control over whether you should be a bigot or someone hating someone for any reason whatsoever. You, on your own, need to come up with a reason why that's unacceptable because everyone deserves to be the same. Everybody deserves to be equal. And as a Superman fan and for somebody that's going to be coming in and writing Superman, somebody that believes in freedom for everyone and helping the oppressed and not allowing people to be put down because they are something other than what somebody else thinks they should be, it's completely unacceptable to me that Orson Scott Card should be given that opportunity when there are so many other people that should be or could be writing it. So uh, I'm sorry that you took that the wrong way. Uh, I'm not apologizing for the joke because it's a joke against that type of behavior. And I realize that there are hate crimes going on. And I think it's I think it's despicable. And I think that in the day and age that we're in, that that kind of thing is still happening and that people who are doing those sites, those types of things are quoting a book that is meant to be for love and for acceptance and meant to teach you how to live in a proper manner, that they're quoting this book and saying that that's why they're doing it and that that God, whoever your God may be, is the one that says we have to do what we're doing and we have to hate people for it. Again, unacceptable and, and it has no place in my in my mind, it has no place in Superman. It has no place in this world at all, in my opinion. And that's a, a, a gross uh, um, a changing up of what I would think any god or any religious leader would really expect you to live or how, how, you, how you should think. And, of course, those books were written in times when things were different. But people are, have been warping those things for a long time. And, and Card and, and, and maybe other people like him for the sake of saying, well, you can't stop me because it's my faith, um, are, 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 you know, they're, 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 they're being ushered out of the way for, for this new age. And, and I, I think that that's a good thing. Well said. Very well said. Now, uh, moving on, Badre Bali wrote, my views on this whole subject, well, I can't even buy the digital issues anyway due to, our, to fear of my bank account being hacked. On a serious note, I can sympathise with the boycotting. As a Muslim, I wouldn't want someone like Bosch Forston writing for my favourite superhero, even though I know DC wouldn't allow him to use the Man of Steel to support his views if he does get to write the character. The thing is, if there are those who are going to boycott DC's work in general, shouldn't they do the same with Marvel? They adapted his Ender series very recently and selling the trades and will no, now no doubt promote them when the movie comes out. Therefore, Card will get royalties for sales, plus he got paid for Ender for the Ender comic issues he wrote. Um, well said, uh, as regards to people who decided to boycott DC as a whole. Well, I think that, um, you know, and Michael mentioned in the last uh, comment that he's not going to be buying any anything that Michael Card writes and uh, Orson Scott Card writes, and I think that that's... That's a good way to show your disapproval um, for for someone believing that 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 bigotry is acceptable based on what your religious view is. On the other hand, as I was saying with Morrison or any other writer, if the story is about Superman and it does not um, include his uh, beliefs, 
Uh, I'm I'm probably going to read it for two reasons. One, we do these and we have to talk about them, and we would probably make a comparison to see uh, once we got to it whether or not there was some sort of um, connection to, for instance, if Bosch Faustin was writing, which I imagine he he must he must have some um, uh, slanted views toward the Muslim community. So we would have to look at it and see. And of course, DC said his personal views, his religious views will not affect the character and will not be involved in the book. And I also like science fiction and I like uh, science fiction movies if they're done very well. I am kind of turned off by the fact, fact that someone who seems to be that despicable can have such success and is going to have movies that he is going to get paid for. But on the other hand, if it's not about being a bigot and it's not about holding other people down when you're allowed to have all the rights that everybody should have, but you just don't want them to, um, I, 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 I can't necessarily say that I would not see the film just based on my distaste for his outlook on life. Yep, fair enough. Keith Samra wrote in and said, I found it funny that many thought it was sacrilege for Dwayne Johnson to be up for the role of Superman because he was black, but the equal rights speech was made many times in regards to OSC on this title. If you feel strongly enough to not read an OSC written Superman story, then simply don't buy it. I find calling for a boycott boycott will only propel sales higher. If that's not what you want, then, as Scotty said, protest with your wallets. Protesting for protesting's sake is only going to cause you to miss out on what I assume you all enjoy, and that's the Superman story. Yeah, uh, well said, Keith. Uh, John was our last respondent, and he said, I know by now, like everyone else, that Austin Scott Card and his story was removed from Adventures of Superman, but in, even if it had not been removed, I always planned to buy the book to finally be able to read Superman again. Even before I knew who Jerry and Joe were or even Stan Lee, I just bought the books because I liked the character and the stories, not because of the people who wrote them. That's how I always planned that's that's why I always planned to read the book, not because of him, but because I wanted to read the book itself. I'm still curious what the story was going to be about, but even if we did end up seeing it, I'm sure with a character like Superman, whatever personal views are, he would he would impose on Superman, separating fiction from fact or separating his life from Superman's life. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm with uh, you, John. There, I, I, you know, I, I write, read the stories because of the character, not because of who's writing or drawing them. I think that's what we were saying earlier too, when yeah. it comes to trying to get a prestige name artist or or writer on your book because you think it's going to propel sales. I guess to a certain extent it it, it does, but uh, it's not going to be an ongoing thing. And and people who aren't or are reading it because they don't like a writer aren't going to change the numbers all that much uh you know on an ongoing uh, way but personally if 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 you feel that your morality doesn't allow you to buy any book no matter who it's written by then i think you should just not do that mm -hmm. okay what's our new big question for this month and that is what man of steel merchandise are you looking forward to purchasing over the next few months yeah we've seen that there is a lot coming out action figures T-shirts, bobbleheads, uh, you name it, it's out there, it's coming. So let us know which particular Superman uh, Man of Steel merchandise you're looking forward to the most. And you can do that by using the big question button found at the Superman homepage. And you can type your entry and we will read it out. Or as in previous months, you can send a MP3 file of your audio response and we will play it here on Radio KAL. <laughs> Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear the frequencies of men, and that's you. 
Now our super secret soundbite time and last month's sound came from the BBC radio audio dramatisation titled The Adventures of Superman. Sadly, nobody guessed it correctly. <laughs> we had a few people who uh, attempted it, but uh, uh, nobody guessed where it came from. But uh, I guess you need to seek out the BBC radio audio dramatisation of The Adventures of Superman uh, to, like to hear that again. Can it be that we don't have any uh, any British uh, Superman fans? We well, don't have any British <laughs> Superman homepage listeners? These uh, BBC Radio Audio dramatizations are available on CD through Amazon and other places. They're pretty well known. They're um, you know American actors in the in the roles, and they're not a British necessarily um, uh, sole property. So uh, if you haven't heard them, go out and get them because uh, they're they're actually very well done. And uh, there's a Death of Superman audio dramatization by the same people as well so definitely worth checking out very interesting now here is our new super secret sound bites so let's see if anybody can guess where in the world of superman this new sound comes from each of us is willing to make the sacrifices a hero needs to make even the ultimate one well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the Super Secret Soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage website to send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right, if anybody, they will have their name read out in our next podcast. Mm, I got a feeling that we're going to have at least nine people get that wow. one right. Okay. That's my, that's that's my prediction. prediction. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to move on to our Superman song this month, which is I Am Superman by Emerald Black. Emerald Black is otherwise known as singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Christopher Scott and is a big fan of the Superman homepage, which we always love. You can find more of his music on both Facebook and MySpace by searching for Emerald Black. But for now, here is his song, I Am Superman. Oh, oh, oh. I will find you more easy. 
That's our show for another month. Now, remember... Wow, I can't believe you got an artist to come right in the studio and play for us this time, (laughs) Steve. That was so good, Mr. Black. Thank you. Thank you. Now, remember, if there is a topic you think Scotty and I need to discuss in a future podcast, if there is a song that you'd like to suggest or to request, or maybe there is a big question you'd like us to ask to the fans, all those suggestions can be sent to us using the... Uh, KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage or you could send us an email my email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com or you can get to scotty via scotty at supermanhomepage.com and we will endeavour to use your suggestions in a future show but for now thank you Scotty thank you Steve and thanks everybody else for listening and remember always look up in the sky you've been listening to Radio KAL brought to you by supermanhomepage.com (laughs) 